Welcome to the Soul Stories podcast series with Michelle Ann, where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Grab a cuppa and join me in a heart-filling journey of self-discovery, where my guests will share how they overcame adversity, embraced their spirituality, and allowed their true light to shine. Looking for inspiration, guidance, and tips to find your true passion and purpose? You are definitely in the right spot. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Soul Stories podcast series. I'm your host, Michelle Ann, and I have got an epic guest for you today. It is another male, so you guys are very uh, are very lucky to have lots of males on my podcast because it started out as lots of women and it slowly graduated into lots of men, which I love. I love bringing the masculine in and hearing their point of view on things and what's going on in their brain. So, yes, we have a male for you today. His name is Jack Brazier, also known as the nervous system I call you the nervous system reset guy. I don't know if that's your official title, um, but I'll um, let you speak to that title in a second. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to let everybody know how I met you. So Jack um, was swinging in the same circle. Well, that sounds a bit rude, doesn't it, Jack? Swinging in the same circles as me, not in that actual swinging yeah. sense, just in the general in the general uh, fact that he was uh, associating with similar people because I find what happens when you step into you know, self-development and healing and stuff like this. And Jack, I'm sure you agree that you start attracting similar and like-minded people that are buzzing at the same vibration. So Jack had met my sister, Diane, and I had seen him all over social media. I knew him quite well. I don't know if he knew me quite well, but I felt like I knew the guy, but I physically hadn't met him. We had had no contact online or physical. Um, and I went down to his house, what's called the Zen Den, um, down at Crum in the Crumbin Valley for a nervous system reset. But Jack wasn't actually there. And Diane wasn't there either at first. So he was such a beautiful, generous man. He's like, yeah, come into my house, whatever. You guys can stay the night because Diane obviously and him had been become friends. But I'm in this guy's house. I'd never met him. I was sleeping in his uh, in your spare room there. And I think you got back later that night. And I woke up the next morning and I come out to your kitchen and it was such a weird experience. I was like, I felt I knew you so well. I come running up. I'm like, oh my God. Hey, Jack. Um, and you just hugged me like we were old friends and just such a beautiful presence. You just are so opening and generous with your space, your time, your home. Um, there's just no strings attached with you. You just know exactly where you stand. And I love that about Jack. But even better than that, he is a, an amazing, amazing practitioner of, and I'll let him explain his modality, but I've been in there and had a couple of sessions or more than a couple now of his nervous system reset. And he just works magic. The way Diane said to me was, oh, you just got to see Jack. I can't put it into words. He does this magical thing and you come out feeling amazing. And I'll vouch for that. So I'll, I'll hand you over to Jack and he can maybe put a few words around what he actually does for a living. And then we'll dig into his past his dark, dirty past, find out where he's been. Because he's very young. How old are you, Jack? 33. 33. He's a young young little whippersnapper. Um, last week. Oh, it's your birthday last week. Happy birthday. <laughs> 31st of August. Woohoo! Righto. So I'll hand you over to Jack and just give us a little bit of a maybe snippet about what I was just talking about, the nervous system stuff and how that looks for you um, and your actual title because I probably stuffed it up. That's my version of it. And yeah. then um, we'll go from there. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so I am Jack, as Michelle said. 
and my official name, uh, well, on social media anyway, is the the nervous system guy. Um, <clears throat> basically, I started off by I pretty much started in the kind of like holistic health and wellness space when I was about 17. So I'm 33 now. So it's like, you know, 15 years or so. Um, and I started off by studying a Bachelor of Health Science and I become like a clinical myotherapist. So for anyone who doesn't know what myo or musculoskeletal therapy is, it's pretty much just specialty in pain. So it's like to treat, diagnose pain. It's similar to a physio and osteo um, along the lines of like a physical therapist of sorts. Um, and from there, I got offered a, a role with one of my lecturers, Emrys, um, and is, I would say, probably one of the top academics in pain. Wow. Pain and the nervous system are very closely related. And so I worked in like a multi-modality um, kind of functional medicine clinic for maybe the first three or four years after I finished uni. And it was mm -hmm. all around pain and the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. So the nerve is our 10th cranial nerve and it's responsible for the regulation of our nervous system. So our fight or flight response. Yeah. So it, it literally controls or, and is responsible for the function of like if we're in the fight or flight or we're in the rest and digest. And I'll go into this a little bit deeper later, but we used to think that there was actually only fight or flight and rest and digest, but our mm -hmm. nervous system has multiple different states. Um, and I'll go into this again. And so, yeah, from there with the vagus nerve therapy and um, chronic pain, working in that industry, I was like, I kind of worked out that, oh, like there's more to this. You know, there's definitely a lot more to this. There's like some kind of something a little bit more metaphysical going on here. Now I'm talking about like the mind-body yep. connection. Yep. So I went on to over the last, I don't know, eight, eight years or so, mm -hmm. studied like a, different, a few different forms of psychotherapy like transactional analysis, polyvagal theory. Um, <clears throat> what else am I saying? Oh, and attachment theory, which is all around basically like how you relate and respond to your external environment. Because yep. your response to... It's five senses. So smell, touch, taste, sound, and sight. Mm -hmm. And your inner world will respond according to how it perceives its external world. And, you know, like this day and age, we've got all of this stimulation in the modern world and human beings, our brain, which is the oldest part of our brain is 500 million years old, that actually can't perceive whether we're the difference between running from a saber-toothed tiger yeah. or, or if, like, someone in front of us or behind us is beeping our horn telling us to hurry the fuck up in traffic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and this all comes to, like, how we relate to human beings and, like, you know, the first seven years of our life is dependent on our survival. And if we don't get, like, all of our needs met and we don't have something like the, our basic needs met, like security... Yep. then we're going to start to, as we get older, we'll start to grow, perceive our external environment as threatening. Yeah. Because it's relating that to back to when we were younger. And anyway, I'll go on. And from there, 
I was actually at New Year's with one of my, a few of my really good friends, Meg and Jacob, and Megzy knows that I can, I'm really good with my hands. Mm-hmm. That I can you, can you, um, like, I think she said, can you release my jaw or something like that? And so we were literally sitting there beside our tent, beside the fire on a chair. And I did like this kind of little bit of a body work for 10 minutes on her, around her face and her neck. And so the, the vagus nerve, the physical part of it starts around here. And then it literally just clicked to me. And I'm like, oh, I could make like a sequence here where I literally, with my hands, my thumbs, work through the vagus nerve and the, the, the sympathetic nervous system, which is the spine. So the mm-hmm. physical sympathetic nervous system is the spine. And then so I literally just started doing consults. I think I was calling it myotherapy healing session, literally just out the back of my house on my deck. Wow. Um, and then it just continued to form from there. You know, then I started actually taking appointments then I made all the systems and automation and then I kind of like started to be like oh this is like a modality in itself you know yeah Um, just evolved from there really to this day and now it's like this you know there's either just just the somatic bodywork session which is about a one-hour session Mm -hmm. and then and there's also I integrate all these different types of um, modalities of polyvagal theory, of transactional analysis, of attachment theory, literally so we can heal our nervous system. Wow. So, so you we, created your own modality. Yeah. Pretty much mixed with all the things that you've studied. You've put it all together and come up with this, this modality that you call it basically the nervous system. Re- I call it the nervous system reset, which I think is a really, really good name for it. Because if you didn't have a name for that, I would hard. it's hard to put into words, as I said earlier, what you actually do because you work on so many different levels. As you said, you work on the physical. So he actually stimulates the vagus nerve with his thumb up in, in your neck and around your jaw. Um, and that runs all the way down your body, down under your stomach. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it does a lot of um, pressure points. But he's also working on you energetically because he's he's a healer. I'll tell you that because I can feel it, Jack. He does this healing stuff that goes on under the surface that you're not actually aware of. And he's very good at holding space. So, Jack just has this knack of being able to hold you in a way that you feel really safe and secure, which for me, I don't know if anybody else, but it always makes me cry to be held by a, just such a beautiful man and in such a lovely way um, because it's, it's, it's not often that male and females can come together in such a beautiful sacred space and not have it be sexual or anything weird or wonderful like that, but just be held by a male. And I think that's half the time. Uh, last time when I came and saw you, I had a bit of a, a mini breakdown because I couldn't stop crying. And I realized it was just so lovely because obviously being a single mom working all, you know, pretty much full time in my own business with two young girls, I don't often get held like, and particularly by a male because I'm by myself. So to have Jack hold space was really powerful for me. And he lets you and allows you to just release and, and you can cry. It doesn't make him uncomfortable. So yeah, he's working on many different levels, energetic, physical, all through, I'm assuming the layers of the, the energetic field. Um, and emotional as well. Like, yeah, you just, it's just, you're the jack of all trades. Ha <laughs> ha, that's funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's beautiful, really beautiful modality you've got happening there. And um, yeah, the that's place nice. where you do it is really beautiful too. What were you going to say? <laughs> Thank you. The Zen Palace. The Zen Palace, that's it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, 
that's that's definitely one of the if you're a female and you come and see me in practice like that's definitely one of the main things that i think females get out of or not one of the main things but one of the things that females yeah. take from it is being able to come to a place and fully surrender yes uh, and i think no not i think i know that's because i've become so good at um framing things and create and communicating literally everything that could happen that might happen that will happen that can happen that's allowed to happen um that could come up that might come up that will come up and like giving people a a place so that they can fully just be held and like Mm. when i say be held it's even comes down to the really small, finer details, you know. So it's like you know that when you walk in here that every single one of your needs will be taken care of. Yes. And, you know, you don't have to in any way, shape or form be in the doing. So it's like even just as a small example, like at the end of my session, you know, when I, I kind of leave people for 10 minutes or five or 10 minutes so they can kind of just be mm. and back in and I slowly bring them back into the room and it's like when they turn onto their side without them even thinking about it I literally just pull a pillow under their head yeah <laughs> as they're turning over you know it's like one of those things it's like oh there's a pillow there now you know I go from having my face down in a in a in a therapeutic bed to um going here and like my neck doesn't have to be kinked off to the side it's like that need is taken care of mm. you know from like okay like i need this i need water i need to go to the toilet um i need to cry i need to laugh like i need to scratch my face i mm-hmm. need music down i need the door to open it's like one of the main concepts is like allowing every single part of you to be here and that's all your needs all your desires everything that frustrates you annoys you every emotion every sensation every feeling like that goes on here, like mm-hmm. let it, because the nervous system, to give you an analogy, is like uh, is like a running water through a hose. So the hose is the running water, mm-hmm. and sorry, the, the hose is your nervous system, and the running water is all of your thoughts, all of your feelings, all of your sensations, all of your emotions, every single thing that you touch, taste, smell, and see. Um, all of the memories and experiences, relationships, connections, like things that you've had in your life, that represents the water running through the hose. Mm. And we, if we put a kink in that hose, then not all of the water is going to get through. And up this end of the hose, like where it's kinked above the hose, there'll be an imbalance. Mm-hmm. And it, created or like if you want to call it nervous system terms a dysregulation yeah and that will cause your body in some way shape or form whether it's emotional whether it's physiological whether it's biological to go into a sympathetic state or to to have an imbalance and that's where the body starts to go into like a state of what we call like this this ease and so that starts with really small symptoms like pain, like inflammation, like things going on in your gut, like anxiety and depression and <clears throat> um, worry and concern and irritation and anger and rage and frustration, which is all like superficial things or symptomatic things to something that's going on 
on a more deeper level, something that hasn't moved through a, 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 some of some water that hasn't moved through the hose and been able to, you know, process so that it can come out the other side and go back into the cycle of nature. Yeah. I love that analogy, the hose analogy. I'll use that quite regularly actually with energy, same with money. I always talk about the hose analogy if the money's flowing in mm. and you've kinked it and hold it on for dear life and can't it's not it's gonna blow up basically because it backs up. Similar with your nervous system, it's gonna back up and come out in all those physical symptoms that you said. Like, you know, the stress, the neck pain, the that's what I get a lot of neck pain and tension around my jaw and, and shoulder blades. And then the emotional stuff, because actually you might want to talk to this because I noticed when I get really, so I just ran a retreat for 20 odd people over the weekend and I never leave myself a day or two off at the end because I always feel like it's not work. So I come back and I get straight into things thinking, oh, I don't need a break because it was an amazing time and I'm doing what I love and I feel in alignment and it's a beautiful, luxurious location and I'm not dealing with kids. So I feel like I've had a break of sorts, but I come back and I always lose it. I get um, I get really scatterbrained and then I get really emotional. Like The words I would say would be fragile. I feel really mm -hmm. fragile. Someone just, I, I'm, I'm emotional. I'm crying. I don't know why. It takes me about two or three days to sort of get back into the swing of life without feeling tender. Would that yeah. make sense to you? Do you want to explain that one to me out of interest? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good one. That's, and that comes down to number one, um, how energetically and I'd say just call it also like empathically open you are. Yes. Um, and, you know, if you have the ability and the awareness to, and this is like a really I would say with the nervous system, like a really advanced um, ability mm -hmm. to put up energetic, emotional boundaries. Yes. Know, and in saying that, there's obviously only so much you can kind of do. Like I remember one of the first times that I started doing this work, I seen a guy and, um, you know, he's, to cut it short, like his kind of story was like he was the really chilled, relaxed guy because he's seen his dad so angry. Yeah. Like his dad was a very like <laughs> temperamental, angry man. But instead of, so he saw anger as like a, a negative emotion, you know, so he held it in his body. Anytime he felt angry, he just went <laughs> and pushed it down, suppressed it or invalidated or, you know, had some kind of coping mechanism to not feel it or to not process it. And I remember like working on his body and I could honestly, even physically and metaphysically and energetically feel the anger in mm. his body. And then I was having an amazing day. Like there was nothing going wrong in my day and like everything's sweet, flowing good, blah, blah, blah. I remember I was walking through the shopping center that afternoon, going and getting some food. And I just started feeling real fucking angry. Mm. Because, and, and I know this, like, to some people might sound a bit wacky and fucking woo-woo and all that kind of stuff. And I'm from a small country town and I would have also thought, you know, in the past, shut up, you're an idiot. Like, that makes no That is stupid. Um, but I can assure you that it happens. 
Yeah. So like you said, if you're like a facilitator, you know, or you're a speaker or you're, you know, in a space with people where you're, you're holding them, mm. be talking or speaking or holding them in some kind of process, like even if you do have that ability and awareness to, you know, put up energetic and emotional metaphysical boundaries, you're still going to pick up some shit. You just so, do. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. I mean, we take them through some really deep stuff. We move a lot of trauma in these women and we do a lot of, they do a lot of releasing. So yeah, it makes complete sense that energetically you're taking stuff on and I am quite empathetic. So, and then it just filters into your energetic field without you even realizing it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I need to book in and see Jack the day after I get back from retreat. Now that would make sense, wouldn't it? Well, there's, yeah, there's definitely that for sure. And um, I'll, I'm going to kind of, this will be in like the new course that I have, but there's mm-hmm. any, which I'm learning now, like polyvagal and vagus nerve, like self-guided techniques where you can literally use to bring your nervous system back to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, well, a few of the things that you notice when you're kind of releasing and coming back to what I'd call your centre, like a state of balance, is like your body will swallow a lot. Mm-hmm. That, that's a sign that your vagus nerve has been stimulated if your body swallows a lot if you like have the need to swallow um, another one is like if you if you unconsciously start to take like deeper breaths as well that's another sign um, and I don't know like if anyone's ever felt this feeling before but it's like a feeling in the center of your chest or maybe in your solar plexus I'm pointing at the moment but I know yep. no one me <laughs> <laughs> he's pointing at his chest and his stomach <laughs> yeah chest and stomach but it's like a feeling of like there's almost like a knot there um and you'll be able to feel like that part of your body kind of free up and it's almost like there's a space that gets created there so interesting find that your vagus nerve has been stimulated and your nervous system's coming back more into um the ventral vagal state which is like the rest and digest that is funny that you say that because I literally had that experience this morning. I did a yoga session instead of my normal weights mm-hmm. and we did a hard opening um, session and then mm. I was walking and it wasn't a big one. It was probably only about 25 minutes and I was walking the dog and I thought I've forgotten something. I was like, this, something's missing here. I, don't, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Then I'm like, no, I've got all I have is the dog and my key and my phone. I'm like That's same as normal every other day. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm wearing something different. Like I thought, have I got a different... Top or bra or no, I'm wearing that exact same thing. Felt light. Then I'm like, I felt like I was naked. I was like, what is going on here? I felt really light and like I wasn't really in my body. And then I had this aha moment that, oh my God, I'd just done a yoga session and obviously opened up my heart space and probably, as you said, stimulated the vagus nerve. So I had a like an energetic, like stuff lifted off me energetically. So I felt like really <laughs> light. I had a I just felt like I wasn't even in my normal body. Like I've literally felt naked. I was like, I kept looking to check I was clothes because I was worried like, oh my God, what have I forgotten to put my pants on or something? It was weird. And I messaged my yoga instructor and I told her, she said, oh yeah, that's what yogis feel like every day. Apparently <laughs> makes sense mm. with what you said. Mm, wow. So cool. Mm. And that's how you feel after you get a session with Jack. You walk out like, yeah. like off your face, basically. You don't need drugs. It takes you a couple of hours to even come back to like, whoa, 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 what just happened? Um, but I do love how you, Jack, don't ever rush people out the door. Like he lets you have time to, like you said, you give them that 10 minutes to process. And 
I don't know, you just never feel rushed out, which I think is really an important part of the process, which is beautiful. It's beautiful. I've got a question for you. So obviously you're like chilled out Jack now. Is there a time in your life leading up to this point where you, you weren't so chilled out? Like where have you come from? What's your backstory? Mm, um, it's, yeah, so, I mean, I grew up in a pretty, I had everything on a physical level. So, like, I lived in a beautiful house. We had, like, beautiful food in a beautiful part of the world with plenty of money and all that kind of stuff. Um, but emotionally it was quite like up and down and Mm. like functional. And so, yeah, there was a lot of like anger and rage and outbursts and kind of, you know, significant role models who like were one unaware Mm. and have the tools to like manage their emotions. Mm. Um, and obviously, like, you know, as a child, from the first, you know, kind of seven to ten years of your life, like for you to have a secure, balanced, regulated nervous system, you you depend your survival, and that that depends on your parents being attuned to your needs and your wants and your desires and your and your emotional state. Mm. That your nervous system is in. Um, so yeah, to put it to put it simply, like I kind of yeah grew up in like a household where there was like there was love, but there was like a lot of emotional dysregulation, mm-hmm. nervous system dysregulation. Um, and yeah, the, I mean for me that comes down to the kind of one of the therapies that I use when I work with people intimately, mm-hmm. and that's attachment theory. And that's how you attach and relate to the world. So just to put it simply, like if you've got a secure attachment style, you're, you're okay and you feel okay with like with distance, mm-hmm. and but also comfortable with closeness and deeper levels of intimacy. And then there's like an avoidant attachment, whereas like if you're avoidant, you are really comfortable with distance but when it comes to deeper levels of intimacy and allowing someone to like see all the parts of you you're like oh get away back off kind of thing mm-hmm. as an anxious attachment style which is what I got from my experience mm-hmm. it's like you're really comfortable with like deeper levels of intimacy but you struggle with distance so it's like if someone's if someone wants a day to themselves kind of thing you know, they have a need that's not the same as what your needs are and they want to go and, like, maybe go and take themselves to a spa for the day, mm-hmm. then your nervous system will go into, like, a fight-or-flight response because it perceives that as, like, a threat and taking love away. Wow. That comes down to, like, when you were a child, you know, you're, you're like you, your needs weren't met and you perceive, like, that is those needs not being met and then so it puts you know you might have been crying and you needed food or like you know you were sad or something like that and you you got invalidated or like you were hungry and like your your parents were like too busy or too depressed or maybe they were smoking drugs or whatever and they they couldn't they weren't attuned to your needs yeah you know like and that that obviously pattern in our brain happens multiple 
probably hundreds, probably thousands of times. So that that develops like a pattern of like um, of okay, my needs aren't important. Like I'm unlovable. I'm enough, and obviously I'm not enough. And then everyone everyone will have a different story or a message in mm-hmm. mind in their ego and what they identify with. And but it's it all usually comes back to like I'm not lovable. I'm not enough. Un- yeah. like, comes back to unworthiness. And a lack of belonging because it's like, you know, we all of these personal development and spirituality and, you know, literally the reason why human beings chase anything in the world is so that we can feel like we're lovable and feel like we belong. That's (laughs) That's it. Hit the nail on the head. That's what Diane and I were talking about yesterday, trying to, uh, yours probably not so much because you have a specific modality that you are marketing we don't have such a modality and basically we came down to the two things that people want is a place of belonging and being part of something and a, and to be loved and seen, yeah. seen like deeply seen, not superficially, like be able to be seen and their whole selves be seen, the good, the bad and the ugly and still be loved. Yeah, That's the ultimate that comes down to what Di and I do. 100%. And yeah, mm-hmm. but that's hard to market. That's hard to get out there it doesn't fit the three pillars and the business models and all the stuff that you get taught as to how to market your business so and i just keep saying to people it's a feeling you you, people it's hard to market until you felt it and it's just the way it is so we're still working on it the messaging but um but yours is probably a little easier because you've got an actual maybe not because you've got a modality but it's not one that's easily explained tell them just listen to my podcast then they'll understand yeah (laughs) yeah actually just go and see jack then you'll understand yeah no i'm i'm honestly as well i'm constantly like thinking about okay is this message right like is this the getting to the right person like blah 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 as well you know because i'm like Mm. like you said like it's a feeling you Mm. know it's like a level of awareness and Mm. you get i get it you get it you get yours i get mine i get yours you get mine but you know it's like the people that need it they probably don't get that so you need kind of speak it in a different language so that they understand and that obviously as you know comes with like time and patience and practice you know and refining <laughs> and I think a lot of it and you'll probably be the same is a referral system because if it is a feeling usually what happens is someone's experienced it like like for you Diane experienced your magic and then she says you just got to go see Jack don't ask any questions go see Jack and we have a lot of similar. We have ladies just saying, <laughs> turning up and saying, oh, I don't know why I'm here. My friend told me to come. And I'm, I don't know. And usually if they're ready and if they're in enough pain will be the, the turning point. Um, mm. A lot of people, women all turn up on our doorstep, literally on my Zoom call or wherever they turn up in so much pain. And they're like, I don't know. Just, I don't, I'm at my bottom, my bottom of the barrel. I don't know what I want. My friend said, please help me that you can help me. I'll, I'll just do whatever you say. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, mm. it's it's a it is a real referral and feeling. So it's really mm. interesting, interesting thing to to experience to be able to market. But anyway, I trust you got to trust the universe. Hey, Jack, that the right people turn up at the right time in your space. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think like you're the same as me. It's like a lot of the people who come to see you guys, it seems like, and then come to see me as well, are in like kind of the same place. You know, it's mm. like they've they've taken all the routes mm-hmm. to um, get what they would 
to find a success in life, whether it be work and money, whether it be like entrepreneurship, whether it be like a really nice car and a nice house, yeah. whether, um, you know, within a relationship, whether it be whatever it might be. And all of these things, like, you know, they might get the things, but they don't actually get the feeling that comes with the things. Yeah. And that's because they don't have that, that, what I would call like that sense of the deep fulfilling feeling of like loving and belonging within themselves. So it's like you're allowed to have all of those desires and chase all of those things and and continuously want to grow because that's what human beings want as well. Um, but you're not going to get that from those things unless you have it within yourself first. And how did you get it within yourself? Can you pinpoint that? No, I still got to practice every day. You still got to practice every day? Oh, 100%. Wow. I mean, we all do. We're human. Yeah, I feel like it's a constant, a constant practice for sure. And yeah. when you say practice, what mm. do you mean by that? Um, well, it comes down to in the moment, doesn't it? <laughs> like, I mean, from if you want to talk about like the sciencey part of it, it's like neuroplasticity, mm. you know, but for a long time. And I put a video up about this on my Instagram yesterday. Like I never thought that I was worthy of having like this wholehearted, secure love. And throughout my 33, no, not 33 years, whenever I had my first girlfriend, I've had more than 25 girlfriends. And it's been this like repeating pattern. But it wasn't because I was like a slut or a serial dater or whatever. It was like I was genuinely looking for love. Yeah. Like I was genuinely looking for love in, but in the wrong place, obviously. And it's like, you know, it's again, it's a constant practice, but I didn't find that until I actually started to practice it within myself. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. And started to bring my nervous system, my psyche, my body back to like a state of balance and a state of equilibrium. Mm. And all of those things, like the rewiring happens in the moment. Yeah. You know, when I'm going to make a decision that is based on what I used to believe about myself in the moment and what I know to, and then what my higher self is saying or what the truth is, it's like literally in that moment when there's like a why in the road is when it counts. You know, am I going to like repeat that old pattern, that old belief? And, and, you know, when you get to the root cause of it, um, your own root cause, personalised root cause of it, it's like we can do all this healing work and the ayahuasca ceremonies and the nervous system resets and the retreats and the fucking workshops and all this kind of stuff. And I believe that, like, that's, that's only really a training ground. Mm. Really a training ground to come back to balance within ourselves and to experience deep healing and to create like deep fulfilling love and belonging in our life but the actual change like which is called neuroplasticity and that's like creating a new pathway in the brain just happens in the moment mm. and that's that's what it comes down to it literally just happens in the moment yeah you know if you if you go and 
kind of do maybe like an NLP or like you do some hypnosis and you or a psychotherapy appointment with like the a lot of different modalities of things or a healing workshop or whatever and you discover that you have an addiction to um, McDonald's because and you draw it right back to the place where you found it like that's the awareness piece and like the knowing mm-hmm. but then the actual change just happens in the moment when that that feeling of like that feeling comes up again and you decide in the moment okay what's like what am I gonna what's what's the truth what's the new path here yeah so it's like practice makes perfect nearly in the present moment so as you keep as that moment comes up and then you practice the new belief system that you've learned on your retreat or your NLP or whatever, then the mm. more you do it, you've got, you've got the neuroplasticity, which is what you're talking about, which is the rewiring those pathways in the brain so that next time it happens, it eventually becomes your normal. And then yeah. and there's always up level. Every time you just kind of like become normal and then you're like, oh, what's next? Like literally, we, I think that was our 11th retreat and I, it was probably one of the best ones we've run. But I'm driving home thinking, oh, this just feels normal now. Yeah. Like it's it's my new normal. And I was a bit disappointed, to be honest, because <laughs> I wanted to keep that. I loved it. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't have that thing oh, that I had when I ran my first or second retreat, of course, because it was obviously a lot more stuff going on and I was probably and I was way more exhausted as well because I had was so much going on. Whereas now it's become I wouldn't say easy, but yeah, it like more it's easier every time we do it. We better it, better it to the point where everything's flowing now. But it's my new normal, and now I'm like, okay, I've got to up level because I'm not feeling uncomfortable anymore. It's becoming too easy, <laughs> and so you've got to constantly be pushing yourself and up leveling. And yeah, it's a big, it's a big one. Hey, like, when do you stop, or do you ever stop? What are your thoughts no. on that? Do you ever stop? I mean, I don't think human beings ever. Like we have a just like an innate, whether it be subconscious or conscious, drive to continuously evolve. Mm. You know, like whether it's like this really deep kind of survival mechanism to like become a dominant species, or it's just something that's happening in the modern world, doesn't matter. But yeah, mm. we it never stops for sure. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. This is such a good conversation. Um, I could talk all day about all this deep stuff, like go on and on and on. Um, but I'd love to know from you where people can follow you, like how, uh, how's the best way? Is it social media, like Instagram? I know you give a lot of content on your socials. So let us know which is the best way if people listen to this nervous system guy and want to know more about you. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the best place is like social media. If you want to go on there, it's like I'm literally just, the nervous system guy. <laughs> I love that name. Spot on, on the nervous system guy. Yeah, on Facebook and on Instagram. Both. Yeah. And I mostly use, yeah, I don't really use Facebook that much, to be honest. He's young people. He's one of those young 33 year old millennial types. <laughs> I always, I know when I'm at a networking event, I look at the person, I'm like, you'd be an Instagrammer or you're a Facebooker. And then I always say that means you're young, like obviously us oldies, because I'm 45 now, we're the old Facebook. Um, Facebook generation and the young ones coming through more Instagram. So if you're listening and you're running a business, you've pretty much got to be on both. Got to capture all your all your audience. But Jack's okay. on Instagram. You're on the TikTok yet? Nah. Nah. Never understood TikTok. I'm trying to get into it. I just can't get my head around it. Oh, it's crazy. Um, do you have a website as well or just socials? No, I don't. I don't Not yet. Use- like all of my offerings, like there's landing pages and stuff like that, but it's like literally I don't put any of it out there. I just 
people just DM me and I send them a link. Yeah, that a true millennial. DM me. DM me. That's it. I love that. Slide into my DMs. I feel like that was a rude term. Is that a rude term, Jack? Slide into my DMs? I mean, it can be. Okay. I've said it all the time and someone goes, oh, no, that's like, you meant to say that to guys. And I'm like, oh, shit. I've been saying, come see my, about our retreat. Slide into my DMs. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, have I made a fool of myself? Yeah. <laughs> It can be, not always. All right. So if you want to see Jack, just slide into his DMs. Um, and <laughs> make sure you follow him on Instagram. Yeah, the nervous system guy. And we have some deep questions for you before we finish up, Jack. I haven't told you about these. So get ready. No warning. <laughs> I've got some questions. The first one is, what is a soul to you? <laughs> the look on his face is like, hell, what the? <laughs> Come on. What is a soul to me? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I don't think I've ever really thought about this, to be honest. This is good. First time podcast. Let's go. I'm going to bring it back to um, a book that I read, actually, called Many Lives, Many Masters. Oh, my God. I love that book. (laughs) So good. And only love is real. Have you read that one? No, I haven't read that. Okay, one, so no. if anyone's listening, of course people are listening because it's my podcast. Um, the Brian Weiss or Weiss, I don't even know. I've never worked out how you pronounce it. W i e s s. He's a past life hypnotherapist, and uh, both Diane and I have met him separately without knowing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So oh. Diane, yeah, Diane manifested and went over to America and did his his course and course. manifested coming up on stage and being hypnotized by himself. And I was in Sydney with an ex-boyfriend many years prior or after. I don't know the timings, but, um, yeah, I ended up in a, a talk with him as well. He came to Sydney and did a Toys and American guy and um, did a, hypnot- a past life therapy, and I had done that. So both Diane and I have been hypnotised by Brian Weiss himself, which is quite bizarre because we didn't plan it. And then these two books, my ex put me onto one of them. It's called Many Lives, Many Masters. I think that might be his first book. talks all about past life regression and then only love is real, which, oh, soulmates reunited. It's probably one of my favorite books. And it's so funny because I lost it. So Jack and I, just, just a heads up, Jack and I have been doing a little bit of work in his, um, in his sessions around <laughs> me calling in the right man of my dreams. Hey, Jack. And um, <laughs> it's like giving too much information here. And the other day I was, I just replaced my mattress, um, got a brand new mattress put in. And as I pulled it off, I thought I'm going to clean under the bed, obviously, you know, like the gunk that gets under your bed. And it was actually surprisingly really clean. So I just a bit of dust and stuff. So I got under there. And the one thing that was under there, Jack, was that book, Only Love is oh, Real. Really? Yeah, oh. Only Love is Real by Brian Weiss. And it's on my bedside table. And um, yeah, absolutely love it. So if you haven't read that one, it's the one after Many Lives, Many Masters. It's about two soulmates reunited and it just gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, get, get yourself a copy. But anyway, we got off track. So you read Many Lives, Many Masters, and yeah. what is the soul? Um, and, yeah, that, that kind of was the first time that I was, I suppose, more convinced that there was like, oh, there's actually more here, you know? Mm. So, yeah, what is the soul to me? I think it's just like an energetic source that makes up our consciousness. That was a good answer, considering you hadn't thought about it. Yeah, just an energetic source that makes up our consciousness. And then 
it's funny because like I'm impartial and kind of neutral about is there other lies or is this the only one or blah, 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 you know. But at the same time, like I do feel um, when I think about certain um, archetypes and individuals and times in, in back in, in history, I feel a connection to it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, for instance, like I really feel a connection to like American Indian Mm-hmm. I really feel a connection like some kind of like medieval warrior. Um, I really feel a connection to, <clears throat> to yeah, I mean, those are the two main ones. And, yeah, like I can really feel that, you know, like I can feel <clears throat> and talking about the nervous system as well, it's like in any kind of like conflict and I'm really, really good at um, centering this and grounding this. But in any kind of conflict, my automatic response is fight. Mm-hmm. This is an example. Like, and I don't know how this is so fucking intense, but I went to Sydney on the weekend. I've, I've been there a few times the last month. And when you get on the plane, like it's mandatory to wear a mask now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not wearing and, and I'm really calm and stuff when I kind of say I've got an exemption and blah, blah, blah. But what's happening on the inside, it's like literally there's like a 10 out of 10 feeling that I want to get up and like and, and literally just fight someone. Yeah. And literally go into battle, you know. Yeah. So it's like those scenarios, even though that's not really a big thing, like I feel like there's this fucking like some kind of warrior in me. Mm. Yeah, I can see that in you. Makes sense. And it is, I believe, in past lives and everyone's different, but some things just can't be explained. And yes. you're just left wondering, like, hmm, doesn't make and connections to me can't be explained. Like that connection that you and I had instantly without knowing you, I just felt like I'd known you forever. Mm, it was such yeah. a bizarre experience. I don't know if you felt the same, mm. probably because I was in your house, yeah. but in, in that book as well, like they say souls like kind of exist in each life in in groups you know okay. like they around in groups yeah i love that so the second question is what happens after you die no, the fuck, so, no. sort of touched on but who the fuck knows is that what you just said i don't think about that don't you that's no. interesting really I, I think about it but then i get i suppose the word would be fear thinking mm. about it. yeah and I'm just like, I don't fucking know. Like, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter because I'm here now. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, love it. So, quote of the day: <laughs> doesn't don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. I'm going to be dead one day, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and last question is: What do you know for sure? What do I know for sure? I know for sure that. Hmm. Actually, look, I don't know anything for sure, to be honest. Yeah. So no- Nothing. Bit of modesty there. I love that. Humble Jack's out. Literally, though, nothing. Like, I was going to say, like, I know for sure that, like, the sky is blue or, like, I've got fingers, but I don't actually know that. Because mm, we don't know what reality we're in, really. I don't, yeah, I, I, 
I often think of, I've been thinking about this since I've been a young child, like is what you actually see reality? And I've come to the conclusion that it's actually not because I've had enough experiences in breathwork sessions and um, mostly breathwork sessions, deep meditation where you're transcendental, you leave your body, you go into different dimensions and I'm like, okay, this is not actually real. Time doesn't exist. We're all vibrating at a certain level. This reality is what we see. I always wonder, I've always thought too, I wonder if I'm in like, What's that movie with um, uh, with a, Jim Carrey and he's in oh, like yeah, um, it, the Truman Show, is it? Everyone's watching. Yeah, I always wonder. Like imagine if, if I was like in the Truman Show and none of my reality was actually real and, and I was being watched and, and like and how I perceive you and our relationship is like I, I often think maybe that's not even real. Like maybe everybody, I think I'm quite likable and that I have a lot of friends but then I think that's my reality everyone might think I'm an absolute idiot do you know what I mean and I've made my reality around that I'm a likable person so it's such a bizarre bizarre thing to think about so anyway it's a bit deep for a whatever day it is I don't even know what day it is what day is it Wednesday no it's I'm, a Wednesday I'm definitely same as well yeah I used to ask when I was when I was younger I'd look at a tree and leaves on a tree and I'd be like I wonder if, like, you're seeing the same leaves that I'm seeing. Yes. Yeah. Those same shape and the same colour as what I'm seeing, or are you seeing something different to what I am? Because we don't actually know. <sighs> like, I see leaves on a tree as something different as what you're seeing. It's like they could be square to you and they could be, like, like in that long, weird, whatever shape they are to me. That's why we get along, because we both wonder if the leaves are the same. That's so good. All right. Well, I'm going to jump off because I have actually another podcast after you to interview, but it's been really lovely speaking to you uh, and getting a little bit deeper and getting to know you a little bit better. And I, um, I'll post this up so make sure you share it with all your followers. And if you're listening and you're loving um, what Jack's all about and what Jack's putting down, um, follow him on social media, The Reset Guy. And yeah, if you can get yourself into the Crumbin Valley or down the Gold Coast, uh, see if you can book in a session with him. You won't be disappointed. You'll come out feeling a million bucks. It's very exciting. <laughs> and I've booked in my next session. You'll be very proud. Cool. <laughs> it's coming up. I can't remember. Maybe next week. But, yeah, it's been lovely chatting. Yeah, thank you so much. If you have enjoyed this podcast and want to know more, I personally invite you to dip your toes into our business. My sister and I have created an amazing bundle that allows you to taste test what we both have to offer. Get in close proximity, feel the magic for yourself and see what our extended family tribe love about those two sisters. To get all the taste tester deets, head over to www.thosetwosisters.com forward slash taste tester. See you there.